On this episode of the 33 to 30% podcast, we talk about the Survivor Series, our top 20 list. Tobin gives his top five Roll Tide picks. We give our top five Survivor Series teams of all time, and then we do a little fantasy booking. WWE versus AEW, top five versus top five. We also do a new segment on the show called Quick Hits. What's going on in AEW? What's going on in WWE? How do we feel about different segments of the show? And we bring it to you right here on the 33 and 30% podcast. So sit back, grab yourself a drink, and listen to myself, Shana Makazowski, Corey, Smug SOB Black, Tony, Big Evil Sirachi, and Mike Lucky Strike Dobin, bringing you all of our knowledge and opinions in the world of professional wrestling. Coming up next. Welcome to another episode of the 33 and a third percent podcast. Your host is me. My name is Shane Kozowski. Alongside me, we have three other men tonight. We almost have a Survivor Series team, but some Survivor Series teams are four people. So my three partners, unfortunately, I did not pick them. It is Mike, Lucky Strike Tobin, Tony, Big Evil, Sirachi, and Corey, Smug, SOB Black. Fellas, how you doing? I mean, Shane, let's be honest here. I'm the really the only teammate that you'll need. I'll be the Mr. Perfect of the group because, you know, that's kind of what I am. And I will carry us to victory against any opponent. I'm going to pull a bad news brown and walk to the back and keep that shit up. And I'm going to be the one that you never tag in. <laughs> As usual, I'm doing all the work again. <laughs> Fair enough. But it's uh, it, the, the air outside is getting a little crisp. And it's uh, it's gonna be Thanksgiving in, in in four days, five days, and uh, you know what that means? We're gonna talk a little uh, Survivor Series coming up. Um, we're gonna talk about AEW right after Full Gear. You know, they're uh, I, apparently Full Gear is their WrestleMania. So now they're they're kind of hitting the reset button, and then they're gonna they're gonna, they're gonna start over, and they're gonna see what what goes on with uh with the new AEW World Heavyweight Champion, Tony's favorite person. Adam Hangman Page. Sorry, did you say it was called Full Gear or Full Bullshit? <laughs> or Full Garbage for those of uh, kids that are listening. Well, Shane, uh, I was just gonna, I was just gonna ask that since Full Gear is behind us, can we call it Full Rear? <laughs> if you, if you would like, I'm not going to stop you. I let you guys <laughs> stand in your soapbox and talk about it whenever you want on this show. Um, but then tonight, we're going to do a little bit of a different rundown here uh, for this show. Um, it's ep- episode 17, by the way, uh, if you guys if you guys didn't know. Um, we're, we're almost in the uh, in the 20s. Technically, there's been more than 20 shows with the little spinoffs that we've done at the beginning. But with uh, with all four guys, it, it seems like we've been um, we've done at least 15 shows. Um, but a little bit different rundown tonight. We're going to do uh, a segment that I just named uh, Quick Hits. About three hours ago, um, and basically what I'm going to do is ask the guys questions, thoughts about the shows because there's so much content from the last time all four of us were together, and news that's been happening daily in the world of wrestling. Uh, then I'm just going to ask a question, give them about two minutes, and then cut them off. And I will be timing it, so we're just going to use it as kind of a challenge, try to get our points in uh, as the Bucky Boys always do, get their shit in. And go from there. So we're going to start off with WWE. Um, the first big thing, since the last time all of us were together, uh, there's been at least like 36 releases. 
Um, not going to get into all of them, uh, but the biggest ones, um, obviously hit, hit row just got let go a couple days ago. Um, I don't even remember the list to be honest with you. I'm going to look up the list right now. I didn't even have it up, I, up here. I, but... I, can, I, I can tell you. Yeah. It was, go. it was, it was hit row, Drake Maverick, Shane Thorne, uh, Tegan Knox, John Morrison, John Morrison, Valkyrie. Tara Valkyrie or Frankie Monet, but that was that the other ones. That was a, well, that yeah, was a, she was released with the other ones, yeah. 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 And uh, Riker, Jackson Riker. And Jackson yeah. Riker. So you also have oh, I just got the list now. Thank God for the internet. Um you have yeah, Tegan Knox, like you said, Keith Lee. That was on November fourth. Nia Jax, Karrion Cross, um, we, I guess, oh. I guess we talked about, we, yeah, we we talked a little bit about them at first, but then um, the ones that Corey just brought up um, are the most recent. So uh, I'll start with um, I'll start with Corey. We'll go Corey, Tobin, Tony. Uh, your your thoughts on these on these recent releases? Well, first of all, T Bar still has a job, so that's good. <laughs> um, I feel that Hit Row was only released because they're setting up some sort of WWE programming where the Hit Row do. Uh, like National Treasure, uh, Nicholas Cage style, where they break into the warehouse and steal all the shit. Um, I will miss Keith Lee. I will miss John Morrison. I feel he got screwed over yet again, a second second run through the ringer. Um, he didn't even get to finish his feud with The Miz because of Dancing with the Stars, which is bullshit. Um, I don't really feel that bad for Karrion Cross, to be honest. He kind of started to bore me toward the end, and I think that was probably due to booking. That wasn't necessarily all his fault. But a lot of the other people just... Just don't hit me that they're gone. Like it's not going to bother me. I don't watch main event that often anyway, so no big deal, no big loss. I pass the mic. Tobin. Well, the bottom line is most of these guys released are jabroni jobbers that will fit comfortably in the AEW roster and won't make any impact whatsoever. (laughs) I mean. You have your big names, like your Morrison, which was a little surprising. Uh, you, you know, as we mentioned earlier, your Karrion Crosses and your Keith Lees and your Scarlets. But, uh, I mean, when you get to the meat and potatoes of it, there was a couple guys which, which surprised me, like Hit Row and the, the other ones that I named. But, you know, there's so many goddamn wrestlers in this company anyway that don't, don't get any TV time. They're just trimming the fat. I mean, it's, you know, they were hoarding, quote-unquote, hoarding talent for a while and just having these guys sit and catering it's like well what's even the point here that this way they can get out and go and the uh the entire time the iwc during their hoarding of talent uh were complaining that they're just they're just hoarding this talent and they're keeping them there and they're not even gonna use them they're not happy they're just they're just wasting their talents and then now they get released they're like i can't believe the wwe is throwing these people on their ass and not giving them a job fuck you you fucking dorks it's like let them go they'll be fine They'll be fine because they weren't doing anything anyway, except for the few that I mentioned. And that's my bottom line. Mr. Evil. Uh, um, within the last month, we've had so many releases and there's only like literally a handful that people actually cared about. Um, John Morrison, yeah, like Corey said, got screwed over again. Um, it was probably not ex- like a big surprise that he was going to get released after his wife got released. Everybody's excited the fact that Nia Jax got fired. Am I wrong on that one? Everybody, everybody's what? Everybody's excited that Nia Jax got fired. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually a tiny bit surprised just because she's, she was featured on a lot of raw TV tapings or TV live episodes. And, uh, the, uh, she was former tag champ, former women's champ. She was dangerous in the ring, of course, but there's a lot of people that are dangerous in the ring and still have, still have a job. Ember Moon being released was surprising to me. And that, that whole list, same with Tegan Knox. I mean, they just had Tegan Knox in a tag team with uh, Blackheart, and they split them up. So why wasn't the other one uh, released also? But maybe that's still to come. Uh, Keith Lee, because they just can't figure out how to get the NXT guys over on the main roster now the, these days, which is really surprising. Because you see how well it worked out with Biggie, <laughs> Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens. They all like got over on the main roster, but now Vince just has this issue with the NXT guys. But like this is this isn't going to be the the last of the releases toward the end of the year. There's probably going to be a lot more. So it's not surprising these days whoever gets released in my book because it's just like we have no plan. We don't want you. Bye. Yeah, I know. I know. For me, uh, to take my two minutes, um, the first thing I see is the the women. Surprisingly, so Tegan Knox, uh, you have um, B Fab from Hit Row, Frankie Monet, Ember Moon, um, Maya Yim, or Mia Yim. Um, those women can definitely jumpstart the AEW women's division because it need it's on it's on life support right now. It's basically just Britt Baker, DMD, and that's pretty much it. Um, after the the good match that um, her and Ty Conti had, but it's just there's so much separation at the top with Britt Baker and everybody else that the TBS title to me it's still going on, mind you. And I, you know, I'm I don't really care about it right now. Um, I don't know if they needed another women's title. Just one title would be enough, and they just have a bunch of matches to see who's number one contender. But that's just me. I'm not I'm gonna, on. to be honest with you, Shane. I completely forgot about that title. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, um, and I thought it was going to be the finals would be at full gear, and I was sadly mistaken. There's still, there's still the semifinals left. They still is have it, uh, uh, Jade Cargill and Red Velvet on Dynamite next week. Like it's for isn't the finals on the debut on TBS? Yeah, so that that makes sense. But I just thought it would be at a pay per view. But that's just, that's just me. Well, it was but, so important that they didn't even feature a single match in the tournament at the pay per view. So that that shows you where it already sits. Right, but they had, they, had, they, had, they had a lot of other stuff to fit in. Let's put it to you there. Let's put it to you that way. They were rushing through that show halfway through. But um, yeah. But the other people on the show, uh, you know, I'm interested to see where they go. Whether it will be only AEW, um, as I always. I tell people that I talk to at work about wrestling and um, on this show, Tobin brings up a good point. It's not trading cards there. If you have a lot of people and only two shows, two nationally televised shows to do it, you can't fit everybody in in three hours. It's just, it's, it's not possible. Just talk to WWE. It, you, you, you can't fit everybody in in three hours. So how, how else will Sean Spears get all his TV time? <laughs> hey, he made he made his his he made a dynamite dynamite appearance this past week. I mean, he just walked out with a chair. I mean, what else do you want him to do? Hey, we might um, see him in another month again. I know you never know. Yeah, you never know. But he's he's a chairman. He sits on that chair really well. Uh, but uh, did you guys hear about the um, Tara Valkyrie? Tweets blasting WWE for mistreating their talent. I did. I, I did see part of that. 
And I'm just yes. like, you know, this is fucking sour grapes. Fucking get over it, hon. Like, everybody knows you're fired. Like, just move on. Like, it is what it is. This happens it all the time. Get over it. Everybody yeah. gets fired in their days. Yeah, the the thing that I love about it is she goes, stop supporting a company that has zero respect for their talent. You love pro wrestling. Spend your money on the hundreds of other alternatives. This is wrong. Ethically, as employees, they don't care about us, talent, or fans. And she goes on and says, my husband got fired. This is why I'm saying this. I'm speaking my truth. I'm sick and tired of people treating us like shit. In two weeks, we lost both our incomes. Before the holidays, I'm allowed to feel like how I do. And then at the very bottom, she goes, we're okay, though. <laughs> well, you're getting paid for another three months. Yeah, th- thanks for asking. <laughs> so, I was like, I think you guys are good to go. But okay, fair enough. If, if Mickey, if Mickey James took NWA and Maria took ROH, uh, which company will she go to and jumpstart their women's promotion? <laughs> um, in New Japan. MLW. <laughs> MLWs. <laughs> And if she's that upset about this evil company, why doesn't she give all the money back that she made with the WWE if it's that evil? You can't do that. Oh, you can't do, oh, that's right. We're not allowed. And it, right. It's not like she's not going to get her job back in Impact Wrestling. That's, give that's, like, that, that's where she's going to end up going because she built her career in Impact, basically. Wasn't she like one of the longest reigning uh, knockout champions? Knockout champions, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, Mor- and Morrison, he'll just go under, what, Mundo again? Mundo, Johnny Mundo. Yeah. You got to so, get damn near Johnny Mundo out there. I mean, for, for fuck's sake, she only has to go 30 days. Uh, Morrison has to go 90. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get paid the entire time. Right. So right. Sh- sit there, shut up, and just accept it. All right. I think we're all overlooking the fact that Tamina is still employed. <laughs> <laughs> She's a snooker, damn it. She, they're, they're afraid that if they fire her, then uh, stuff is good. Um, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> All right. Moving what? on. Moving on. So we got. We got. It is. We got raw thoughts. All right. So this is just my questions here that I have for you guys. You can answer them in any order you want. You can talk all on top of each other for all I care. But these are the thoughts that I have. What is with the power play by Adam Pierce for Brock Lesnar? You guys, you guys n- n- notice that on Raw at all when he was yeah, talking? He was, he's, yeah, he was like he's using this like a threat, but I thought he was yeah, on SmackDown. Like no, he was a free agent. Well, These are I, things we have to get cleared up here, but no I, one, like even the fans, don't know. Like we don't know what's going on. That's why we're talking and about. It. Is Adam Pierce exclusively on Raw? I thought he was on SmackDown as well. No, so I think for the draft they switch. Or, I mean, at uh, least I thought they did. I think they're both. I, I saw them both on Raw the other night. Yeah, he's on both. And I think he's like, if people don't listen to me, I'm bringing in Brock Lesnar. Adam, Adam Pierce is on Raw, and Sonya Deville goes both ways. <laughs> I thought hers was a one way street there, bud. <laughs> All right, moving on. Why does Adam Pierce attack the Mysterio family? He's basically like singling out both Ray and Dominic. And took out Ray's spot at Ray and Dominic's spot for the Survivor Series team on Raw, and put in Corey's boy Austin Theory. That's right, the new face of Raw, Austin Theory. <laughs> Suck it, Shane. The, the new selfie of Raw is more the, is the correct answer. <laughs> the, the, the new selfie of Raw, Austin Theory. He goes oh, hanging out with Tobin's boy Johnny Gargano to uh, the Raw, the Raw Survivor Series team. 
Are they ignoring the fact that Austin Theory and Seth Rollins were once in a group together? Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not. I'm ignoring that as well because I don't even remember it happening. <laughs> it's whenever he was the Messiah. And he had AOP and um, and Murphy with them. And then Austin Theory did something wrong and they sent him back to NXT. Send his ass back. I don't. I barely remember that even happening. Okay. All right. So, what what do you guys think the payoff is for Adam Pearson and Mysterio? I guess they're gonna have a match. I mean, I it would be the only thing logical thing. But since it's twenty twenty one, logic doesn't matter anymore. So, I don't know. I don't know. He's he's just picking on the one guy on the roster. He's taller than that's all. How do we feel about Liv Morgan going for the the Raw Women's title against Becky Lynch? I think it's about time. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, good for her, but she's not going to win. No, oh, she's not going to win. No, but it's about time. <clears throat> They're like, you know, putting yeah. her in a match. I don't get I all mean, Liv Morgan Hopefully love. she won't get squashed. Yeah, <laughs> that's you know at least have a, a five minute match as opposed to a thirty second match. I don't. I I never got the Liv Morgan love. She's okay. I mean, she's a mid card women's wrestler. That's what she is. That's her ceiling, at least to me. So, I mean, yeah, she'll get a title shot here and there. She is now, and she'll get knocked back down. Maybe win the women's tag title because that means nothing. So, there you go. Well, that's a perfect segue, Lucky Strike, because my next question is. How do we feel about the women's tag champions, which I didn't know who they were until Monday, until I watched Raw, and it was Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley. Yeah, they've had the belts for a while, but does anybody fucking care? I certainly don't. Two of the most opposite opposite people ever, and then you have Zelina Vega, who she always talked with a British accent. No. Is is it because she's queen? (laughs) Okay. I'm just asking questions. Just I'm just the host here. Don't kill the messenger. I'm just tr- trying to cause conversation. I'm not killing you. I'm just outraged at the fact that it's even happening. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, oh, I don't know. Because I was watching the other night. I was like in and out of sleep. And I was just like, I woke up and she was speaking in, in a British accent. I was like, what the hell is going on here? She's the new King Booker. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, he did that too. That's right. Oh my right. God. That is a great analogy. Yeah. <laughs> but the much. fact. But the fact of the matter is, anytime we get to see more Carmel on TV, it's it's a plus to my book. So I say this Oof. is a win for the eyes of the, all men. It's a win. Around. It's a win for all, and then we get to listen to Corey Graves salivate over it. These yeah. are these are the most beautiful women in wrestling. Put the mask on her face. <laughs> it's annoying. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's cover the face. Cover it. That's okay. Cover, that's sarcasm. Cover that. Cover that piece of plastic. <laughs> All right. She always has to keep her plastic covered up. I know. <laughs> Unfortunately. Trick, trick I question. I don't think there's enough plastic to cover it up. Trick question. Will Robert Roode or Dolph Ziggler ever make it back to the top? No. Were they ever on top? What do you mean? Dolph Ziggler's former world champion. Yeah, for like two seconds. Yeah, he cashed it, it in. It was not two seconds. He's actually a two-time champ, I'm pretty sure. I think his total title reign was like ten minutes. One, of, one of his official title reigns was literally Vicky Guerrero handing him a belt, and then he jobbed to like, <laughs> I want to say CM Punk. Yeah, who, that sounds who, about right. Your boy. 
who doesn't get a world title handed to them for no reason and then ha- have a title reign? Oh, wait, tri- Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but Dolph Ziggler doesn't have a big enough nose to pull it off. <laughs> no, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode will never be anything more than a comedy job tag team. I've got to be honest with you. I'm very surprised Robert Roode is still in the company. Well, yeah, I mean, considering, how... they're, considering they're making a youth movement, and he's like one of the oldest guys on the roster who's not Bobby Lashley or Goldberg. Especially considering how they used him. I mean, the dude's a legit talent, and he could be a main eventer, but it just fucking pissed him away. So uh, yeah. they might as well just release him and send him on his way. It'd save everybody some a lot of aggravation. Did he win the U.S. title at one time? Yeah, he, he did. He did. He won like oh, a tournament, sure. didn't he? Mm-hmm. Okay, I couldn't remember. All right, we got two questions left. NXT 2.0 War Games. It seems like they're going for the main event with the old vets versus the new new blood, pun intended, with WCW back in the day. <laughs> so, what are our what are our thoughts about that? I First off, I you, love you it. Have to tell, you have to tell me who's in the match because I don't I don't even know who's in the match. Come on, Tony. Sorry, I've been kind of busy. Yeah, so have I. Well, they didn't officially announce the match yet, did they? They're just building towards it. Yeah. How are they going to have war games inside that small uh, arena? It'll probably be at the Barclay Center, right? I don't know. Um, No, it's no, it's going to be it's going to be from the Performance Center. Is it really? Yeah. Since I guess the takeover is not there anymore. So right now, I guess I guess another question that I'll add to it is: Did you guys see that Raquel Gonzalez's um, nickname is Big Mommy Cool, <laughs> just like Big Daddy Cool? Hey, Hi yo, uh, is what you'll say. Hi yo. <laughs> oh, no. Hi yo, Chica. Hi-yo, I have to be Chica. honest with all these releases and stuff. I have not been watching NXT 2.0 because, honest to God, what is the point? Like, they'll get sent to the main roster or they'll get fired, and it, it's not going to matter anymore. So, NXT 2.0 is been off my radar for a couple weeks now. Well, I think that's actually the point, though, is when you look at, look at it now, is that they're trying to get their own people in that will succeed on the main roster. They won't have to worry about, like, having, quote-unquote, attitude issues or being too old or whatever the bullshit excuses were. And now they're actually, like, starting them as their developmental in NXT 2.0 so they can get to the main roster as opposed to having indie guys wrestle on the main roster or or wrestle in NXT. From what I understand, that's their plan. So youth, you know, young guys, for better or for worse. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. NXT might suffer. Maybe the the high-end brands will be successful. We'll, We'll find out. So the war game is uh, main event. It's it's kind of working towards Champa being the captain on the one side, and then Braun Breaker being the captain on the other side. So, just let you guys know. So, in other words, there's not going to be a title match at this pay per view. No, it'll be it's war a war games, be- Tony. There's no titles on the line unless it's tag titles. It's pride. It's spirit. <laughs> It's yeah, 
There it is. Sorry, Tobin. What was I thinking? Tobin, thank, thanks for the great segue for our final question for the WWE block. Does Survivor Series actually matter, and what is the point of the whole pay-per-view? Because in my, in my opinion, I told you guys this in the group chat, it means absolutely nothing to me. I don't care about bragging rights. I don't care about brand versus brand. All it tells me is there's a bunch of non-title matches, and there's zero payoffs for anything. I mean... This year, Survivor Series especially, they just didn't give a fuck about for the sheer fact that what we're Monday night was the first day, like you know, started bringing up the battle between Raw and SmackDown out of all the shows. Normally, they usually would do like you know a few weeks of them, like you know, invading and whatnot. But they've really made it that this year that they didn't give a shit about it. Well, they they finally announced like who the who the last member of Team SmackDown was last night. Who was that? Uh, Sheamus, Sheamus beat Cesaro and Ricochet and Jinder Mahal in a four way match to get the final spot. Yeah. Woof. Although, um, although a couple weeks ago Xavier Woods posted an interesting idea where he was like, the winning team should have a five man uh, fatal fatal match and like a you know, like a five-way dance or whatever. And he's like, and so like if SmackDown wins, their guys would be wrestling for like the 26th through 30th spot. And if, if Raw loses, then they would be wrestling through the one, one to five spots. At the Rumble. For the the Rumble? Yeah, Yeah, for the Rumble. Yeah, that would actually be like logical long-term booking, but they would never do something like that. Well, if you remember whenever, um, was it 04 where uh, Randy Orton's team won? They all got title matches because they they were GMs for a, like a, a week. Oh back yeah. In that I mean that was a good concept, but like it was what what they could do this like winning team or whoever survive like the sole survivors of a team they can get a title match if they if they wanted to. I always liked back in the day. It only happened. I want to say it only happened one time or twice. I think it was only once where they had the Soul Survivors have a final match. Yeah, that yeah, was they tremendous. Only did that once. Yeah, yeah I think because, that was one. Yeah. Well, they, I, I think Pritchard said on his podcast that uh, he didn't. It, it didn't work because it was just a bunch of random guys thrown together, which. I counter with why didn't you fucking book it so the sole survivors would actually make sense as opposed to a bunch of random guys. Like it's it's a fucking pay per view. You could do this, you can make sense of everything and do it right. But who am I? But the bottom line is with Survivor Series, I get the concept that they're doing now with the brands. They're trying to make it different, and it is a different pay per view on its own. It's like its own little weird island nowadays. But the execution. And the passion and all the other nonsense is completely irrelevant because nobody gives a shit. And they don't do anything else with it the rest of the year. So they make a big deal for a week and a half about how it's a brand war and brand supremacy. Well, then what? Nobody talks about it again. It doesn't matter until next year. And the rosters are completely flipped once again. So, well, I was on Raw last year and I won. And I was on SmackDown this year and I lost. So who cares? Like, it, it, They don't do anything with it. So if they were to maybe expand upon that and say, you know, the the soul, if you're a sole survivor on the team, you could jump ship or pick another partner or something. Give me something to make it seem like that this brand split is actually the brand war 
is actually worth something, but it, it's not. So the originality, the uniqueness, I like, but everything else is complete nonsense. I think the last time I was excited for Survivor Series was when they had the NXT factor involved in it. Yeah, that was yeah, pretty that was, sweet. Like, that was a few like, years ago, yeah. Like yeah. 19, yeah, right before COVID. Yeah. Yeah, it was basically all triple threats, and it was and it was it was good. Like I enjoyed it. Right. Yeah, I know. I know. For me, as a fan, I I like the build up uh, to to the matches. A perfect example is the opening segment on Raw this past Monday. Big E comes out and talks about uh, Roman Reigns, and there better be some hospitals open in the Brooklyn area because there's going to be a hospital bed with Roman Reigns on it. But I now my attention goes to Kevin Owens and it's just like, we're going to throw that match away. That's happening on Sunday, which is a pretty huge match. No pun intended. It's Biggie and Roman Reigns, two champs going at it for both brands. It's a pretty decent match, but what's the payoff? It doesn't really matter what's going to happen. It's just, no, but yeah. they've actually made a good job of trying to build it. Like with uh rain sticking the crown the up the woods and the Usos the Usos getting the- yeah, beat up. So they've actually done it good, but like you said, what's the payoff after they whoever wins it wins yeah, it? Yeah, but I mean, That's it. The, the thing is with Woods, Woods and Biggie don't really—they're not on the screen at the same time. No, but they're still it's the same idea, though. It's, it's really you know, an eye for an eye kind of deal. But let's not let's not bring let's not bring up PTSD PTSD Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. Okay, no eye for an eye business. Oh God, I don't want to ever see that shit again. Eye for an eye. That was six months of just. That was six months of COVID Thunderdome mm-hmm. bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at, least, then, at least Tony Storm uh, will be at Survivor Series. Will Tony Storm be at Survivor Series? She is. She yeah, just she made is. the women's team this week. Oh, okay. AKA announced. <laughs> announced. And I guess, I guess my my uh, this is I lied. This is the last question. Will The Rock appear for his 25th anniversary celebration? That's a 50-50 at best. Probably via satellite. I'm yeah, say, it's probably yeah. via satellite. But the thing is, is when if the person that's going to get this rivalry going for WrestleMania next year is Jimmy Fallon, then there's a lot of problems in the wrestling business. But Jimmy Fallon asked Roman Reigns if he would face The Rock, and he said, absolutely, I would. He's like, who wouldn't? He's like, I would definitely face him. So the ball the ball is now in Dwayne Johnson's court to see, see mean, what happens here. It's all about the money, though, how, how much they want to throw That down. wouldn't be a bad idea, though, because that's a hell of a mainstream audience to catapult a feud on. So, oh, I, you it. know. It's insane. Shane, you- yeah. About Jimmy Fallon, like getting that rivalry started, but wasn't it Sports Center that got the rivalry between Lesnar and Goldberg started? Yeah, was it? Oh, yeah. no, no, it was the bump, wasn't it? No, it was it was Sports Center because he was doing something for the video game. Oh, who? Oh, Goldberg was. Yeah, and then that's when they. That's when he got came it. back to this. The second time, or the that's when know. that's when John John Jonathan Coachman, the the forever Vince McMahon lackey, was on ESPN still mm-hmm. pushing the product. Yeah, the forever Vince McMahon lackey, who's like, I will never work for the company again. <laughs> yeah. it, and he's the one who brought it to the mainstream in ESPN. Like, hey man, let, 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 let's cover this stuff, and they cover WrestleMania every year. All right, so we're gonna take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're just gonna slightly talk about the Ariel Hawani 
Paul Heyman interview. It's it's all over the the YouTube airwaves. It's all over social media. Uh, there's two big points that that I want to bring up to you guys and see what your thoughts are. And then we have just like we did for WWE, our AEW quick hits. There's only a few of them, Corey. So bear with us. I'm sorry. We're gonna talk about the AEW. I'm He's fired up. And then then we have the big list, the top twenty list, and it's usually fifteen. But I'm going to ask Tobin during the break if he actually came up with his top five. His only responsibility was was this one. Hopefully he came up with it because I'm excited to see and hear who he came up with. So that all coming up next right here on the 33 and a third percent podcast. Do you like low budget wrestling podcasts? Who doesn't? Shannon Makazowski here, one of the hosts of the 33 and a third percent podcast. If you're a business looking for affordable advertising that can reach tens, if not thousands of people, look no further. We here at the 33 and a third percent podcast are actively seeking hungry advertisers looking for great value. Email all inquiries to 33 and a third pod at gmail.com. Welcome back to the 33 and a third percent podcast. I am Shano Makazowski. With me on the line is Mike Lucky Strike Tobin, Corey Smug SOB Black, and Tony Big Evil Sirachi. Our next topic at hand, boys, is Ariel Hawani, the MMA writer, uh, had a sit-down face-to-face interview with Paul Heyman this past week, and they talked about various topics, uh, but the one that really got the ball rolling for the internet wrestling community was Paul Heyman saying that AEW was a viable entity and God bless them for being here. So, and then he also asked him if he considers AEW to be similar to ECW. And he said, yes or no. Um, I'm reading from Raja.com. Yes, because of uh, it's the us versus them mentality. It's a great marketing device. It works. Do you see the comparisons between the two promotions in business? I don't think we could be further apart in what ECW was and who AEW is which is no knock towards them, probably over a complimentary towards them. We're two totally different en- uh, entities. Uh, the similarities between us versus them, tribalism, which is a conscious marketing tool, and that one is in some years very heartfelt, and it works on a big level. So, And then what he said about AEW being a viable entity, I'll try to spark notes it. He says, I'm not the audience. In my personal opinion on their product, if I were to sit here and go, my God, they're great. Who cares what I think? It's just a personal opinion. They're not geared towards me. If I went, oh my God, they suck. They're horrible. I don't think they should care about that either. Then you talked about Dana White gave his opinion on WWE. It wasn't flattering. And then Paul was asked about it. And he goes, and? He goes, who gives a fuck? I don't think AEW should give a fuck either what, what I think about them. So um, thoughts about Paul Heyman's sit-down interview with Ariel Hawani. I mean, at least he's being. I mean, at least he's being honest, and he's totally right in that. I mean, you know, you shouldn't care what the guys at the other company think. I mean, because of course, you know, for the most part, they're going to shit all over what you're doing. Just you know, try to appeal appeal to your fans. Try to put out a decent product that doesn't suck and isn't repetitive, and uh, just you know, mind your own business and don't worry about the other people are fucking doing. That's a good point, Corey. Um, these people, especially AEW, are so fucking worried about 
or taking shots at WWE all the time. And Tony Khan just came out and said, if you sign a contract for the WWE, it's not a real contract in my eyes. It doesn't mean anything. When you come here, you're here for life, which explains a lot for that fucking idiot. <sighs> just, just, just the pain and anguish in your voice. It is pain and anguish. It like, is. Uh, the I, constant I marks and nonsense I deal with on Twitter is is just it's maddening. I'm so glad I'm not on it. I'm so glad I'm not on that. I got rid of Facebook and Snapchat. Oh, it's great. It's been very freeing. These past two weeks have been fantastic. Um, I I just don't get why people just don't take Paul Heyman for his word. At this, <laughs> at, at, his point. at this point, like everything he says, everybody like, you know, most of it's correct. He's been around so long. He knows what the fans want. He knows what they don't want. Yet people just go like, Paul Heyman's an idiot. Paul Heyman's this. It's like, all right, you ask him a question. You don't like it. Who's the real idiot here? Even the great Dave Meltzer commended Paul Heyman for the interview. He goes, that was a great answer by the EW. He's like, it didn't knock anybody, but it didn't show his, like his true colors. It just, he said what he needed to say. And he was, it's like a perfect answer to that question. So, but Paul Heyman knows what he's doing. And I guess the other, the other thing I wanted to hit on was um, when he was asked about SmackDown, he had a little bit more of a side on this one. And mainly because he's the tribal chiefs uh, manager, uh, he said SmackDown has beaten the shit out of Raw the past few months, and Raw is clearly now the B show. He's not wrong. He's completely <laughs> right there. The three hours has completely fucked Raw hard, and it's made it almost completely unwatchable. It's all about um, ad revenue. Yeah, clearly the idiots. <laughs> clearly, idiots they have booking the show or writing, quote unquote, the show don't have a clue about wrestling or have any clue about anything, and it shows. Not that the ones on SmackDown are a whole lot better, but they're able to condense it into two hours, and it just flows a hell of a lot better than that three-hour shit show that's on Mondays. Well, when they when they announced Damian Priest versus Shinsuke Nakamura, I was like, holy shit. I was like, Shinsuke is the Intercontinental Champion. Damn. I completely forgot about that. I mean, the, bo- the booking's terrible on both sides, but SmackDown is still by far much more entertaining than Raw. Even with Roman Reigns, Corey? I don't watch those parts. Fuck that. <laughs> Corey, are you ever going to admit that like Roman Reigns is like one of the top things going these days? No. Are you gonna Are you gonna raise a toast to Adam Hangman Page? <laughs> or is that I mean, too much over, cowboy over, shit? Over his, actually, I will do it one day over his dead body. <laughs> such such hate, such, a lot of hate. such passion, hate and passion. That's all I hear. That's a true wrestling fan right there. I know, just hate, hate and passion. All right, speaking of hate and passion, AEW, quick hits. So, to much to everybody's chagrin, Kenny Omega announced he's taking some time off to heal some, to get some surgeries that it's been nagging him for a while since coming over from New Japan into AEW, which has been you know over two years now. So, other yeah. than the the obvious answers. You don't think those injuries was because of that explosion match, do you? I think that was most <laughs> of it, quite honestly. He wasn't even in the ring. Oh, you are you talking about like during the match? Oh, okay. That's you meant actually during the sparkler explosion. Uh, he could have gotten sparked. 
don't know. I, I mean, mean, I think Eddie, the reverberations for how big that explosion was may have shook him up a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know Eddie Kingston's a little nuts after that. A little nuts in the head. I heard, he has, I heard he has chapped lips from all that kissing. <laughs> no, those are those are the Bucky boys on Adam Cole's cheeks. Well, I, was, I was talking about him kissing up to Tony Khan, but go ahead. Yep, go ahead. Uh, so, Omega's taking some time off. Yay! What do you guys, guys want to see taken over for AW? Where, where, where would you like them to go with the storylines? And don't say, I want them to shut down. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly God. what you guys are going to say. Damn it, you really handcuffed me there, Shane. Yeah, I'm going to go can. last. I'm going to go last for the fun of this here. But you boys go ahead and... Uh, let's see, uh, Dark, Dark Order fades away and disappears, never to be seen again. Uh, M- Miro goes back to his home planet and dies on the way there and is never seen again. Uh, Ad- uh Daniel Bryanson and Adam Page feud for a couple months, put on a couple decent matches. Uh, Luchasaurus destroys Jungle Boy, becomes a main eventer, stops hanging out with those nerds. Uh, and CM Punk retires. <laughs> great great logical fancy booking there that's what it is no problem yeah tony you got anything for me uh adam page is seriously injured and and has to relinquish the title and they do yet another tournament because that's what we they do there they love tournaments or ladder matches um for god's sake they got to get a women's division going um CM Punk versus MJF. I don't. What does anybody think about that? And that's that what they should have done from yeah. the get go. Quite honestly, that was my that was my next question. But that's great. Um, I, I, I actually liked what CM Punk did on Wednesday. He like walked in the ring. He goes Maxwell and he just walks away. And he's like starts laughing at him, and like <laughs> that's just like that 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 like causes the. The whole rivalry now. I think this is going to go on the rest of the year and into 2022. It's just going to be a, a long, drawn out feud. So, so like, it, logi- logically, the whole Daniel Bryan Adam Page thing is going to go all the way to the next pay per view, probably, right? Absolutely, because Bryan Danielson as a heel is awkward and it feels forced. No, it doesn't. It feels awesome. It feels aw- awful. It's very awkward. He was like looking at the fans, like smiling at him. He's still married to a Bella twin. He's still a nice teddy bear that says yes all the time. You're not going to trick the AEW fans. <laughs> no, you're, they're going to do exactly what Tony Khan tells them to do because they're a bunch of fucking loser marks that, that worship it at his altar. They've, they've already been tricked, Shane, because they're watching AEW. <laughs> <laughs> not many of them. Okay, Shane, the bottom line is here. My fantasy booking for this amateur hour company would be to um, have Omega never return, have the Bucks wrestle exclusively on Dark, just for the Mark fans, so I never have to see them again. Uh, have the Dork Order just get all, all get released because it doesn't matter. Uh, you feature Daniel Bryan more and have him have a good pro- program with Adam Page that actually makes sense, not have a random heel turn that is completely awkward stupid and somehow it's the reverse logic of every professional wrestling heel and babyface 
uh, dynamic I've ever seen, where somehow the heel has to fight through the babyface faction to win the title shot that he already won. Does that make any fucking sense to anybody other than the idiot Mark fans that have argued with me online to say that that was a great idea? I It's awesome. Whether or not he's a good heel or a bad heel is irrelevant. He didn't do anything heelish. Except, say, he worked the day after WrestleMania. Ooh, that's just showing he's a harder worker. What the fuck is going on here? This is just nonsense. This episode of Dynamite was a clusterfuck of complete idiocy, and the fans loved it, and that goes to tell you exactly how these hardcore marks are that watch this terrible product. And that's um, you, so, so you're saying that Brian Danielson wasn't a heel on that promo? To me, he wasn't. He didn't come off as a heel to me at all. He it was, was lame. At, he was he was clearly yelling at the. It was like heel one on one. He was trying. He was trying. Yeah, that he was, was that trying, was the thing. He was trying. It was awkward. It, it doesn't get any heat. It, it was why there was no reason for it. For for somebody for a company that prides itself on quote unquote long term booking. None of that made sense. He didn't a cheap shot page, or he didn't take one of the dork order guys out and fucking like almost kill him, which is what would have made more sense. No, he just cut like kind of a heelish promo, but then he still has to fight everybody in the dork order to face page. Like what? Like well, he, well, he already beat up Evil Uno. That that's beating a shit out of a out of a dark order member. Yeah, and does anybody care? No. No, but he's trying to be a heel to face the face, Adam Page. Oh, he needs to be a heel. No, he doesn't need to be a heel at all. It could be two baby faces. Nah, that's that's not going to work. They they, they do that all the time and it doesn't work. Even I can say it doesn't work. Then they need to go a little harder to make Daniel Bryson a convincing heel than to just say, I was at WrestleMania and you guys suck and I'm going to beat you. Do you guys remember when? Do you guys remember when uh, Ted had to fight through? Oh, fight Hulk Hogan for the title? No, I don't remember that happening. <laughs> it's like nineteen eighties booking. You're not going to get that, obviously. It's, it's the same idea though. Or when when uh, Dan had to fight through all of Steve Austin's cronies and friends to to, to take Austin out of the company. Now that didn't happen. Or when uh, Randy Orton had to. Yeah. On Cena's friends to get a shot at his title. No, that didn't happen either. Or when Triple Daniel H had to fight. Of evolution in one night. <laughs> yeah, and he was the babyface, was he not? Yeah. It's it's not like Daniel Bryan's babyface team had to get ran through by Randy Orton to have a spot at WrestleMania. It's complete reverse logic that doesn't make any fucking sense. As as much as this pains me, my very soul to say. If they were not interested in doing a face versus face program and they had to have a heel versus Adam Hangman Page, they just should have had Miro win the fucking tournament. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this was booked at all, mainly, or planned at all, with Omega losing and taking time off. I think they, they may have gone Miro's way, but they may just say, hey, you're going to wait a little bit. Because the way that I see it, is logical booking for a person who doesn't want to see the young bucks go to, to dark elevation and get kicked out of the business because <laughs> uh, they're EVPs or Omega die in a plane crash or something idiotic as that. Um, what I want to see is things that make um, 
Corey Tobin and Tony mad. So here's what's going to happen. Tony's already mad because Adam Hangman Page is champion. Perfect. He's going to stay champion for a while. I would say probably for at least a year. Um, How dare you? Yep. Sorry. Uh, the next thing is uh, for um, Tobin and Corey, um, the Young Bucks are there to stay, but I don't think they're going to win the tag champs for a while. They're still going to be on the on the the top. They're going to get their shit in, of course. Okay, they're the super click. That's why they're there. They're the best tag team in the business today. That's what they're going to do. So they're Sorry, do that. Say, say, what group did you call them? The super click. That's what they're called. They're know, only the super elite with Omega, apparently. Is what yeah, I was they're only super elite with Omega. Yeah. I, I just wanted to see if uh, Tobin re- flipped out again over that. <laughs> Yeah, I've already said my piece on that. He already said what he needed to say. AEW's next big signing should be Kane, and he should stomp on the Young Bucks for an hour on TBS. (laughs) (laughs) On on TBS. On the new new Dynamite on TBS. So, complete side note on what you were saying. Did anybody realize that they had Adam Cole and Bobby Fish team up on Rampage? Yeah. Did they they win? Yeah, I, I want to say they did because Bobby. It was funny because on Wednesday he's like Bobby Fish is like, and that is, and Young Bucks is like can't say that here. I thought that was funny. That's me. I don't know. I guess I guess I'm I'm the AEW mark that doesn't talk shit on anybody because I watched WWE as well. Not so because like, you're and then you talk you're not shit a complete you're not a complete zombified loony lunatic, Shane. I just I, I just I, enjoy I enjoy. I, I may not agree with your AEW stance, but you're. You're not going to say and shit on everything else and call me a mark because I disagree with with, with the idiotic booking that they're doing. Right, but I also what I, what I also want to see too, and the reason why I say I want to make everybody mad, it's not on purpose. It's just what I want to see is after the brain, the the Brian Danielson uh, segment is over, probably be, like Tony said, next pay per view. I, I really want to see Miro fight for the title against Adam Page and have a couple matches with him and have a feud. But now I don't know where Miro goes from here either. Like, if they want to push him as some big, big brooding heel, him losing to Sammy Guevara does not help. And then him losing to Brian Danielson after a DDT from the top rope doesn't help either. So, Corey, you may have won because I don't know where Miro goes from here. But the DDT I don't is book- his weakness. It's, it's clearly his weakness. Because of his neck, yeah. Apparently, we we, we understand it's his neck, but he's like, he's got vertigo. He passed out on the top rope. Where does he come <laughs> here? AEW is going to make another title. No, no, no more, no more titles. The th- the thing is, the thing is, if there's going to be a title, I want there to be. A, I don't want it to be like, you know, another Turner Channel title. For the love of God, enough. No it's more. It's going to be the Thunder title. It's going to be the, PC, the Turner Classic Movies channel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was trying to think of the other Turner Turner channel. That's what it is. It's going to be the TCM title. It's going to be or that the, guy uh, with, the, with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, the top hat. It's yeah. going to be the IC title. Turner I don't know. Like, I mean, couldn't you? I mean, does WWE have the rights to the United States title? I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah. I don't know. Like, like, call it something else. Like, call it. I don't know. Like, I they mean, can have an intercontinental title. Obviously, New Japan has one. Yeah, I don't know. Just just have another title that's not named after a channel. I mean, as a <laughs> as a fan of AEW, I don't like it. Come up with something else. Come up with something creative. It's I, not I a high bar, Shane. I mean, that's really not a high bar to strive for. <laughs> I know. Just, just, like another I, title, because you have so many people 
in the company that Dark and Dark Elevation, they're not fighting really for anything other than get to the main roster and then just be on like the lower tier roster. I, I don't know. It's just it's a lot of stuff. But I digress. We can we can talk about we can have a whole show on AEW. Also also Jurassic Express won last night. Really? Yep. All right, did well, Sam, that's, that's, did CM Punk that's surprisingly win? Let's turn around. Now, uh, he... QT Marshall challenged him to Chicago Street Fight, and he accepted. Oh, so he, they didn't actually wrestle. Nope. Because QT Marshall, I think, has zero wins since uh, coming to AEW. As it should be. QT Marshall. Yeah, QT Marshall. You remember I... his high-profile match against Paul White, right? Yeah, Paul that was, White, that was a big... One. Big one. Oof. That was a show stealer. I'm so glad they had that. I'm I'm you know, we're all better as wrestling fans for <laughs> that having gone on. Looking I do good. like I do like looking at the uh the AEW website at the roster because they actually have the uh the records on there. So the ones that I always like to see are the ones that I know have lost a lot. So I look at like Peter Avalon. <laughs> I think he's like Give me one second. Try to look for him. Actually, he's he he's eight forty two and two. Just you guys <laughs> so, okay, <laughs> quick, Corey, go ahead. Actually, not 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 to stretch out the show or anything like that, but I actually have an interesting question to ask you, Shane, as AEW's number one backer on here. If they had to make WWE style cuts, give me like five people tops who you would get rid of right now, who you would be sending that John Laurinaitis email saying. <laughs> You're out of here. Hey kid. Okay. Just let you know, okay. It's okay. Gonna be some cuts. <laughs> what do you think about this? This is our new segment on the show. We've just come up with this right now because this is the kind of content we bring our fans. Is this is the spot of the moment top five. You're go do it now, Shane. Alright, so you're talking about like anybody in AEW to cut. Top five, yeah, I'm, five, I'm, I'm, I'm five guys you can get rid of. Like you're, talk, so you're, talking like, you're talking like top guy. Like you're talking about top tier guys that you guys no. know of. No, not like Aaron Solo. Like Aaron yeah, top, Solo. No, it doesn't matter. Top top five names that you feel that if they left tomorrow would make no impact at all in the company being gone. And Jake Roberts is not one of them. Because <laughs> <laughs> he signed for like three more years. All right, There's all right. Um, I mean, this is tough. This is tough. You put me on the spot. I like it. Um, but I'm trying to look at this roster here and... Uh, Sunny Kiss. That's, I mean, not like in order, but like there's, I don't care about Sunny Kiss. There's a lot of people I don't care. I, I, can, I can give you a whole slew of people. I don't need to give you a five. We, we just need five. All right. Well, Sunny Kiss. Um, Peter Avalon. Uh, let's see. I thought you had a whole slew of people. Well, no, I, well, I can give you the whole slew of people. I can give you, um, what is it, Sunny Kiss, um, Sean Dean, Serpentico, um, Press 10 Vance of the Dark Order, Peter Avalon, Powerhouse Hobbs, I'll get his ass out of there, Paul White. Um, that's, enough. that's enough, that's five. Oh, that's eight. That's already eight, but I, I yeah. like where this is going. Throw two more in, you got a top ten. Yeah, throw two more in. Um, 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> that's your ten. 
<laughs> I mean, Corey, like I, I understand the question, but like, there's, there's a lot of people. Is, is that was that where you were going with it? Or? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just asking. You know, if you start had to make budget cuts, give me, give me one big name that you would cut, like one, one surprise. Yeah. Okay. One, one surprise guy. Um, I think the Paul White one was the surprise. Yeah, you can go a little more active than Paul White. Say no, he's just a commentator. All right. I mean, I don't, I don't like, I don't like dead air on the show, but I'm just, I'm trying to make a, trying to make a good pick here. Um. So while Shane's deciding here, folks, that the bottom line is, is what we're trying to prove is that you could basically release the entire folks that are on dark and elevation, and it wouldn't change the fucking roster at all because those people it has the dark order. Those people get zero TV time, and there's a reason why. I honestly, I swear to God, I forgot that Sonny Kiss was still employed by AEW. What about Jelly Nutella still there, right? He can go. Yep, yep. Jelly, Jelly Nutella. I wasn't at that part yet. Tony said I already had a five. <laughs> if, I was going through I was going through the whole roster. If we hadn't um, been looking up shirts the other day, I would have forgot he was gone. He was still there. Well, they had that big heel turn six months ago that I, I got obliterated for on, uh, I think it was Reddit, <laughs> saying, like, who the fuck cares about this? And I got, like, a million... Down votes on it because nobody cares right. about. I mean, th- th- this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but um, I'm going to go. Um, I just, I just had him. Where the f- oh, um, Andrade El Idolo. Get him. Oh, out. that's mm, I'm, okay. He, yeah. Shane, I completely agree with you. He's done nothing in WWE, no, and he did even less in AEW since he came over. He's a I, former NXT champ. He did a lot in NXT, but then he got to the NXT. main roster didn't do much. And then he goes because, to AEW, and he's 6-3, and three, and what has he done? I don't know his character. Is he a hitman? Is he a mob member from the 30s? I don't know who he is. He's a masked I, man. I don't know. And I, he's, and black, I he's Black Mask from Batman. I Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Black Mask actually is like a legitimate threat. This guy is a complete jabroni. There's a difference. <laughs> True. I, I saw Andre El Idolo do a promo, and I understand English is a second language, but I couldn't understand. I don't think if you spoke Spanish, you could understand what this dude was saying. None of it made sense, and it didn't deliver anything. It was just confusing and just thrown at the wall. He sucks. Get him out of there. Sorry, Charlotte. Your boyfriend sucks. <laughs> that's, why he, that's why he doesn't care about what he's doing. He's yeah. going to be rolling into money soon. Yeah, she's his meal ticket. I like that. I like that. Yeah, put me on. Put me on more spots, and you know, I'll, I'll take up a lot more of your time because I want to come up with a with a good with a good answer. All right, All right. Next week is the top five tag teams in AEW you can get rid of. Ooh, I like top it. Five ta- top five tag teams. Well, the uh, the Gun Club is one. You've of already them. this is next week, and you've already used two point your your hit squad right there. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I was actually just joking. I kind of, I kind of like 2.0. It's just they, 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 they always yell at me. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what their characters are other than like they remind me of like an old school. Um, ah, who the fuck they, they remind me of? Um, because like they're always like, I don't know. I but it's like it's like, it's like an old school tactic. It's like in your face and yelling, like like a like a Legion of Doom. I know, I know. Hold on, oh. I, I can, I, I can already feel. I can already feel. I can feel the eye rolls and disgust from here. Just the, the, the overall 
energy that they bring to their promos just reminds me of Hawk saying well. Like, because the one guy is like yelling at me the whole time. His eyes are bugging out of his head. Like, he just started a whole bunch of coke with Scarface. And it's just like, <laughs> relax, dude. Like, stop yelling at me. I want get to get the point across. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But, yeah, next week, top five tag teams that I'll cut. And then I, I know where you guys are going with this. It's going to be me eventually cutting everybody on the roster. I'm not stupid, okay? <laughs> I'm not. I, I might look stupid, but goddamn it, you're not going to try. Yeah, David, saying if you were page, I would have been done. I know, I know, you would have been satisfied. But we're going to take another break, and then we're going to. Uh, I'm going to do another promo on the side here, uh, and then we're going to get to finally our top twenty list. And then Tobin's going to have a little surprise for us with with his top five, and then uh, we're we're going to go from there. It's going to be the best part of the show right here, the biggest part, the top twenty list Survivor Series teams, and we do a little fantasy booking in between. Coming up next, right here on the thirty three and a third percent podcast. So, are you guys looking for something to eat for breakfast? You want some Frosted Flakes, Reese's Puffs, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, some Shredded Wheat? Get that out of here. Eat what Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner himself eats. Big Papa Crunch. It's a 141 two-thirds chance of being a balanced breakfast. And if you want to get those big muscles from Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner and get those freaks for the big bad booty daddy, eat some Big Papa Crunch in your breakfast tomorrow. Welcome back to the final segment of the 33 and a third percent podcast. I am Shano Makazowski alongside me tonight. All three men of my Survivor Series team, Mike Lucky Strike Tobin, Corey Smug SOB Black, and Tony Big Evil Sirachi. The one who doesn't get tagged in. The one who doesn't get tagged in just kind of stands there. He's injured. He's out. So you got to not tag him in. So all three of us got to pick up the slack. But Damn first, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give over give over the show to Mike Lucky Strike Tobin. We talked about it on the last show, and our uh, po- podcast uh, pod father, Codran Thompson, is a big Alabama Crimson Tide fan. And anybody attractive, women wise, that he thinks is attractive, he says roll tide. So Tobin also has added that to his repertoire, and we asked him to research many many hours to figure out his top five roll tide survivor series team which means a women's survivor series team so lucky strike the floor is yours well shane the fact of the matter is i spent many many hours perusing many many formats to find out (laughs) my elite current roll tide top five now there was many that didn't make the cut and many that did and I also have a top five of secondary teams, but that's neither here nor there. So I'm going to preface this whole segment by saying that I, Lucky Strike Tobin, am married to the most beautiful woman that all of you nerds couldn't dream of having. Okay, you understand that, that the caliber of, of woman that I am married to is far above anything you could even hope and dream and never get. Okay. So the bottom line is she's my number one, but we're talking wrestling here. So we're going to get to the bare bones of the subject. So for my top five that didn't make the cut would be, I'm going to run through this real quick for you folks here, is Anna Jay from AEW, uh, current page, 
uh, Cassie Lee or one of the Iconics, uh, Eva Marie, and uh, former Emma Tennille Dashwood. So those are the five that didn't make it. So consider how elite that my top five is if those five didn't say, make it. Okay? This is pretty damn elite. So my number five, um, based on her, a lot of her work recently, would be Chelsea Green. Um, she's uh, very Roll Tide and working up the Roll Tide ladder despite her goofy wrestling psycho character. Uh, number four would be many fan favorites, uh, Alexa Bliss. Um, she's the five feet of fury. I call her the five feet of beauty. Uh, my number three, and she dropped a little bit, but has helped herself out with the toxic attraction storyline, would be Mandy Rose. Uh, she is very roll tied. I'm more a fan of the blonde, but I love the brunette because she's making it work. Number two is a recent real recently released Scarlet. Uh, she is just absolutely roll tied and uh, Karen Cross, you're a very lucky man, and that's all I'm gonna say about that. And number one Tobin, Tobin. What? What is your number one shocking? My number one should be shocking to everyone listening to the show right now would be uh, the most beautiful woman in WWE, Carmella. <laughs> so that would be my ultimate team of roll tiedness currently. In the in professional wrestling today, currently, right now. Currently. So next, so on on our next episode, Mike Lucky Strike Tobin has decided to grace us with yet another top five. It's top five all time Roll Tide team in in all of wrestling. It could be WCW if you want. It could be ECW Tobin. Just it let very you well know. could be. I mean, Francine, Don Marie, very Roll Tide. I mean, a lot of those women could make the list. Uh, chances are they probably won't, but you never know. You never know. <laughs> you, you never know. You, you never know. You never yep. know. So we're all about equality here on the show. We're not only talking about guys, okay? We talk about the women as well. That's so right. I'm you. giving the women's women's movement a chance here. That's that's what we're about, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So now it's time for top five Survivor Series teams. So for those of you listening for the first time, how this works is we go all four of us give our five and then four and then three and we get to number one and we all get a, give a little blurb about um, each topic or team or person in this top five list so this is obviously with the survivor series uh being a half an hour away from being today at 11.30 p.m. on the East Coast. It's top 20 Survivor Series teams. I will go first, and then Corey, Tobin, and Tony for last. So I will start. My number five Survivor Series team is the All-Americans from Survivor Series 1993. You have Lex Luger, which is Mr. America at the time, body slamming Yokozuna on, on one of the USS ships uh, on his Lex Luger Lex tour. Um, and you have The Undertaker. I know Mr. Corey Black will like that one. And The Steiner Brothers. This is just typical 1993 where it was a very weird year in wrestling. Um, but this team uh, pretty much dominated. And um, they had a very good, very decent match. It was kind of a squash match because how powerful they were. Um, but I do like the old school. Um, I, I couldn't go too old school just because of some of the guys on like the Hogan and Warrior teams were just not up to snuff. Um, and there was one team that had like Triple H, Batista, Orton, and then Gene Snitsky. I can't put I can't put that team on number five. So uh, my number five is the All Americans. 
All right. Uh, my number five team is from 1990, and it is the Million Dollar Team, the team of Ted DiBiase, the Honky Tonk Man, Greg Valentine, and The Undertaker. And this was The Undertaker's day. De- this was The Undertaker's like official debut, although there's some discrepancy over if he had a taped match that aired beforehand, et cetera, et cetera. Um, at this pay-per-view, they defeated the Dream Team of Bret Hart, Dusty Rhodes, Coco Beware, and Jim Neidhart. Uh, I mean, DiBiase's always been very underrated, in my opinion, as well as Greg Valentine. Um, Honky Tonk Man is a cool heel. I mean, he was never much in the ring. But, uh, I mean, you know, he's he's got his place in the history of WWE. And, of course, you know, I love me some Undertaker. So, that is my number five team. All right, gentlemen. So, the correct number five here is going to be from 1989, The Rude Brood, featuring none other than Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect, and the uh, fabulous Rougeau brothers. Uh, they did end up winning that match on the back of Mr. Perfect. And uh, clearly it was perfect because clearly everybody listens to the show knows that I am a Mr. Perfect Mark and I will always be because he was perfect. So the Rude Brood, which is a great name too, by the way, uh, in 89 is my number five. And everybody had a great story. And, just to uh, distract from that because I made some notes for this, but um, everybody had uh, great stories involved in this match. Perfect and rude had some heat with the uh, baby faces. So uh, that's my pick. Well, my number five is team USA from 1997, which featured Vader, Goldust, Mark Merrow, and Steve Blackman. I don't even remember that at all. That's cool. <laughs> that might be the most Tony pick of Tony picks. <laughs> Team USA. Oh, oh, oh no, it, it gets worse. <laughs> my number four, you're going to say the same thing, basically. All right, so my number four is uh, could be a bit surprising. It's, it's more modern, um, but I was looking at uh, some of the Survivor Series cards and the people on this card, and uh, some of them are past their prime, but still – near and dear to my heart so team raw from survivor series 2017 kurt angle braun Strowman, finn balor samoa joe and triple h um they defeated uh team smackdown which was shane o'mac uh not me the actual shane mcmahon uh randy orton bobby rude shinsuke nakamura and john cena and if kurt angle team raw would lose he would have been fired as raw general manager so um i picked this mainly out of obviously names um angle uh finn samojo triple h i mean i like all of them i like braun as well but he was he would probably be last on the list of five there but that is my number four team raw 2017 all right my number four is from 1989 and they are the ultimate warriors the team of the ultimate warrior jim neidhardt Marty Jannetty, and Shawn Michaels. And at this pay-per-view, they defeated the Heenan family, which, of course, was Bobby Heenan, Andre the Giant, Haku, and Arnie Anderson, which is actually a pretty cool team in and of itself. Um, but I just, I love I love the Ultimate Warrior. He's always been a favorite of mine. Of course, I love the Rockers. And, I, and honestly, Jim Neidhart, I mean, you know, he, again, a very underrated guy, in my opinion. Um, he, you know, he's decent in the ring, and, and in tag matches, he, he pulls his weight. Uh, so, that's my number four. He's the big rhino. 
So my number four is the most recent entry, and it's not very recent at all, would be Team Austin from 2003. So the stipulation Ooh. between this match was a classic five-on-five Survivor Series elimination match. Um, it would be if Team Austin lost, uh, Austin would step down as co-general manager of Raw. And had he won, if he won, uh, Austin would no longer have to have been physically provoked to attack a Raw superstar, which in <laughs> itself is tremendous. It's, it's classic Austin. Uh, ultimately, uh, Team Austin did come up short, but it did feature the Hall of Fame lineup of Booker T, the Dudley Boys, Rob Van Dam, and the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Uh, they did take on the team of Bischoff, featuring Chris Jericho, Christian, Mark Henry, Randy Orton, and Scott Steiner. So there's a lot of big names on both sides. But uh, they did end up losing. It came down to a one-on-one between Michaels and Orton. And Orton was the final survivor, which is a great uh, last uh, elimination there. So that's my uh, my top, my number four. Well, Tobin, get ready for the comment. My, my number four is once again from 1997. It is Team Shamrock, Johnson, <laughs> and the Legion of Doom versus the Nation of Domination. <laughs> That's so all bad, of them? Uh. What? No, is, is that one team? No, no, sorry. They faced on the Nation of Domination. So it was oh, Shamrock, cool. Ahmed Johnson, and the Legion of Doom. Got it. Okay. They, they were in my they were in my honorable mentions, Tony. So nice. <laughs> All right. So the next one, uh, it was between the, between two teams, and one is out of the list, and one made it to the list. Uh, the reason why is because they debuted in Pittsburgh at the Civic Arena. I'll never forget seeing them in the front row of the crowd in two thousand. <clears throat> the Radicals from Survivor Series two thousand. Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit. Eddie Guerrero, and Perry Saturn uh, from Survivor Series 2000. Let me bring it up here. Um, they faced... Wasn't it Billy Gunn in China and some and two other people? Yeah, Tony, can you give me those two other people? Come on, come on. You're halfway there. <laughs> was, it, was, it, was it too cool? No, no. Was one of them K-Quick? Yes, it was, Corey. <laughs> and it was a road dog. And they're done. <laughs> yep. So they're getting rowdy. <clears throat> uh, they were until they lost in 12 minutes and 41 seconds. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the radicals. Eddie Guerrero, Benoit, Malenko, and Perry Saturn from Survivor Series 2000. My number three. All right. Well, my number three, uh, Shane already talked about this one a little bit. From 1993, was the All Americans, uh, Lex Luger, the Steiners, and Undertaker. And they defeated the Foreign Fanatics, Ludwig Borga, Yokozuna, Crush, and Quebecer Jock. Uh, yeah, this was like this was like the fallout from Lex Luger body slamming Yokozuna on the uh, SS Intrepid. Um, if you've never if you've never seen the video of Undertaker joining the All Americans, for the love of God, go to YouTube and look it up as quickly as possible. His thirteen uh, stars. Uh, uh, flag underneath his attire is fantastic and one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And uh, that's my number three. Well, I don't really have much to to say on that because that's my exact same number three. Uh, <laughs> the All-Americans with, uh, you know, Taker, Luger, and the Steiners kicking ass against some dastardly old-school heels that were evil. 
Uh, like you said, the Undertaker imagery was tremendous. And that was the first time that we had really seen the Undertaker kind of have a slight break in character. But it worked for what it was. And it was just, like you said, cool as fuck to see him have that, have his, uh, what was it, trench cut out and it had the, the flag there. So that was, that was awesome. And, and I think anybody that doesn't have this 93 All American team on their top five list is a jabroni. So I'm going to go on. Oh, well, that would be me. <laughs> Um, my number three is kind of a cheat, but you'll understand, is uh, from 2001 Survivor Series, Team WF and Team Alliance. The storyline between the Alliance and WF, that was the best thing going in WF at the time. And you look at the Team WF logo uh, lineup, it was The Undertaker, Kane, Big Show, Jericho, and Rock versus... Stone Cold, Kurt Angle, Shane McMahon, Booker T, and Rob Van Dam. All the top players on each side of those teams. And the match was great. And it ends with, uh, obviously, The Rock getting the win over Stone Cold. Takes them forever to get the win over Stone Cold. But whatever. Um, but, yeah, that's my uh, that's my number three. All right, so my number two comes from Survivor Series 2006, Team DX of HBK, Triple H, CM Punk, everybody's favorite, and the Hardy Boys. And on this night, they defeated Team Rated RKO, Edge, Randy Orton, Gregory Helms, Johnny Nitro, newly released Johnny Nitro, and Mike Knox with Kelly Kelly and Molina. Well, Todd. Um, Obviously, HBK, Triple H, even CM Punk and the Hardys, all five of them are Hall of Famers in my book. And Punk is a Hall of Fame caliber. I'm just joking. Nope. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> settle down, settle down. Um, but uh, yeah, so I did like this team from 2006. This is actually a time when I didn't watch wrestling that much, but um, I went back and watched it on The Peacock. And uh, it was pretty damn good. So it was good to see uh, HBK and Triple H back together uh, again in 2006. And that was my number two. That run mm-hmm. was tremendous, that first 06 run when they got back together. That was awesome. Yeah, it was like surprising that Michaels decided to do it because of his mm-hmm. newly found Christianity. Well, they, they toned it down a lot for that purpose. They, they did. did, but there was still some stuff that they yeah. were doing. And I was like, you know, Shawn Michaels got to go to confession. So, <laughs> <laughs> so good, good for him for uh, obviously – Money talks. So yeah, you have to you have to feel bad for Mike Knox in that match though. He got jobbed out. Well, he, well, what else was he gonna do though? <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was like one of the best parts of the match. Wherever they eliminated him, and Shawn Michaels goes, "Was he in the match? <laughs> was he? Oh, okay." And before like he pins him, he goes, "Did you ring the bell?" All right, uh, my number two is from 1989, and it is the Hulkamaniacs, the team of Hulk Hogan, Jake the Snake Roberts, Axe, and Smash. Just all four of those names together sounds so cool to me. I love Demolition. I love Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, Hulk Hogan I've kind of cooled down on over the years, but, I mean, he's still an integral part to the history of WWE. And at this pay-per-view, they defeated the million-dollar team of Ted DiBiase, the Warlord, the Barbarian, and Zeus. Uh, again, just a very cool, solid roster of names. You know, it was a four-man tag team as opposed to the five. But that's my number two. All right. Well, 
My number two is from 1991 Survivor Series. Team Flair featuring Ric Flair with Mr. Perfect, Ted DiBiase, the Mountie, and the Warlord. They took on Roddy Roddy Piper, Bret Hart, Virgil, and the British Bulldogs. So you're looking at a pretty legit four-on-four Survivor Series match. Now, they did win, of course, and uh, the Nature Boy in his Survivor Series debut took it home with the, as Corey had mentioned earlier, the underappreciated Ted DiBiase, uh, the Mountie and the Warlord fit, fit their roles, but uh, that was really a pretty pretty big one-two punch there if you got Flair and the Million Dollar Man uh, on your team. So that's that's my number two. My number two is from 2006. It's Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Sergeant Slaughter, and Ron Simmons. They faced the Spirit Squad. I mean... It was basically the run where, uh, what was it? It was Piper, who was supposed to be in the match, but he ended up getting ill. Um, Flair and Piper at that time, I believe, were the tag team champions. I think they were, yeah. If you remember that time in the uh, WWE. Um, But, like, I enjoyed the match. It was basically the young guy saying the old guys can't do anything, and I believe uh, it was Flair and Rhodes that were the last survivors. I could be wrong on that one. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't remember much about that match, but all right, so, right. I'm, so I'm not one to lie on this show at all. I'm the host. No lying coming from me. I'm finding a very hard time trying to find my number one team. So it's going to be a cheap way out, but I will go with Survivor Series 2001 and both teams of the Alliance and WWF. There are some Hall of Famers in each of those match each team. We have The Rock, Chris Jericho, The Undertaker, Kane, and Big Show on Team WWF. Uh, and then we have The Alliance with Stone Cold, Kurt Angle, Rob Van Dam, Booker T, and Shane McMahon. So all of the du- Alliance is in the Hall of Fame. Um, all of Team WWF is in the Hall of Fame other than I mean, The Rock yeah. and Jericho. Jericho. Yeah, but there will and be. I, yeah. Big, Big Show's in the Hall of Fame? No. No, Vincent, yeah. so, Jericho, Rock, and The Undertaker are the only ones that aren't in the Hall of Fame. Only Kane is. Only Kane is in that Hall of Fame on that team, WWF. Who would have thought? <laughs> like, like if you, it, like, yeah, if, if if you told me, you know, obviously twenty years later, which oh yeah, it is. Um, twenty Who'd years be later, the first that, one, yeah, and then. <laughs> and that whole team would be Kane. Good, good, good for Kane. I'll, I'll give him some props, but yeah, it, it was tough. Like you guys are picking some out from back in the day, and I, I can't, I can't warrant you know putting like Warlord and shit for a team. I, I can't. So I'm just gonna take the cheap way out and go uh, Survivor Series 01, the main event, as my my teams for number one. Winner take all. I know. Loser takes the fall. Got to take it over the top. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think that's much of a cheat because my number one uh, is also a team WWF. Uh, four very solid names on this team: uh, Undertaker, Kane, The Rock, and Big Show, and a future real life Doink the Clown and Chris Jericho. Oh nice! But you know, it's a super solid list of names. Um, I, I didn't want to do the thing of, of doing them together because I, I, the last time when we did the belts, I did the big gold belt and uh, the eagle belt together at, the, at number one. So I made a distinction. I picked Team WWF uh, just because, of course, 
again, uh, The Rock, and of course, uh, Undertaker threw it over the top for me. But uh, that's my number one team. So you guys all thus far have missed out on the best, the ultimate Survivor Series tag team First that there ever was. The bottom line is the best, <laughs> the best, the best Survivor Series team of all time is clearly the Warriors. You have the Road Warriors, Animal and Hawk, the Texas Tornado, Carrie Von Eric, and the Ultimate Warrior, the face-painted, big-men, power-moving, classic WWF 1990 entertainment that it was. The kind of cartoonish, but the tremendous kind of charisma these men exuded took on the perfect team. You have Demolition, Axe, Crush, and Smash, and my boy, Mr. Perfect, with Bobby Heenan and Mr. Fuji, to make a the longest match, of the, well, second longest match tonight, 14 minutes and 20 seconds. This was just a tremendous match to watch. Even if you go back now, it's still so entertaining because all the guys that can't work and all the guys that can work are in the right positions, and it's just perfect because he bumps for fucking everybody. It makes everybody look like a million bucks. The, the Texas Tornado does what he needs to do because he's probably the best worker on, on Team Warriors. And Mr. Perfect is the best worker of all time. So everybody looks good, and it just works. It's just tremendous. There's a lot of face paint, a lot of over-the-top shit, and I love it. This is this is my kind of match. The Warriors are the best Survivor Series team of all time. Well, mine's going to be real short and sweet because Shane's already said it. It's his number two, but mine is uh, Team DX from 2006. Not much more to say about it because Shane said enough about it. So that is my number one. All right. So uh, this is this is the part of the, the whole show that I've been waiting for. We decided to go a little fantasy booking on everybody, <clears throat> even more so than what we did. Um, but before we get to that, we're going to do some honorable mentions. I actually for, forgot we were going to do that. Um so my honorable mentions quickly. I just I w- just wanted to say it because uh, th- three out of four of these guys are in the Hall of Fame. Um, if not in the Hall of Fame, I think Triple H is is almost there. Triple H in the Hall of Fame? No, no, no technically, technically as DX member. As DX, yeah. So, okay, so um, the Royals from 1995. You have Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Isaac Yankum DDS, Jerry Lawler, and Mabel. Oh. So I'm just saying, and that and that's Big Vis in the in the Attitude Era. So you have Kane, you have Lawler, okay. you have Triple H. So yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I, I get it, I understand. Um, <laughs> and then we have uh, 1991, Bret Hart, British Bulldog, Roddy Piper, and Virgil. Almost so, all Hall of Famers. Almost <laughs> all Hall of Famers. Um, and then I did like uh, Team the match from two years ago. Team Raw versus uh, Team NXT, like we talked about earlier. Uh, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Orton, and Ricochet versus Damian Priest, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, uh, Ciampa, and Walter. Which I thought that was a pretty damn good match as well. So those are my honorable mentions. Uh, my, my honorable mentions are uh, from 2004. Both Team Orton and Team Triple H are fantastic stack teams. Just the inclusion of Maven and Gene Snitsky just brings them down so far. 
that uh, you can't include him on the top five, <laughs> in my opinion. And also from 2003, uh, Team Angle uh, with Kurt Angle, Bradshaw, Hardcore Holly, John Cena, and Chris Benoit is just a, a fun list of names uh, that, that make a pretty solid team, in my opinion. But uh, that, those are my honorable mentions. So I got, I guess, three honorable mentions. Um, we're going to go with uh, my first one, which just did make the cut, would be the uh, Mega Powers team in 1988, featuring Hercules, Hillbilly Jim, Coco Beware, Hulk Hogan, and Randy Savage. Um, considering the, the two legit main event guys with Hogan and Savage, it really propels it to a legitimate uh, team, but the other guys, you know, that's why it didn't make the cut because I'm not going to put Coco Beware or Hercules or Hillbilly Jim on any any uh, Hall of Fame list. So even though Hillbilly Jim's, I think in the Hall of Fame, but that's Coco not him. But yeah, Coco is too. But uh, uh, and uh, my other uh, honorable mentions would be the uh, WCW slash Alliance team featuring Austin Angle, Rob Van Dam, Booker T, and Shane O'Mac, and. Um, my third one would be the other uh, WWF team that fought the Alliance. Would be what Jericho, Kane, Undertaker, and Big Show, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. So then, yeah. So those are my uh, top three honorable mentions. I just didn't like the booking, and it just left a sour taste in my mouth. So that's why they didn't make my list. Um, I I forgot to, about the honorable mentions, but I can come up with something in my head right now. Honorable mentions would be Team NXT from uh, when they did the tri, uh, tri-brand uh, uh, pay-per-view uh, where everybody thought Keith Lee was going to win. And obviously, Corey's boy had to ruin that celebration for everybody. God, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, that's basically all I have right there. All right. So now it's time for the moment of the night that I've been waiting for for at least a week. We decided to do a little bit of fantasy booking, like I said earlier, and we took top five WWE all time versus top five AEW of all time, which is the past two and a half years. Um, so the way that we're going to do this is we're just going to do match style. It's going to be, you know, these five guys versus these five guys. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll grade them and then we'll, uh, we'll see who has the best ones. Um, so um, I'll go first. So my top five WWE, we have stone cold, Steve Austin. He's obviously the number one near and dear to all of our hearts. Um, in this match. My second is also anybody who ever asked me, who's your favorite wrestler? The first person I always say, um, I don't technically think he's like my ultimate favorite of all time, but he's always the first person I say is the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Um, he's definitely up there. I have like one, a one B one C and one D, but he's uh, he's up there. And then also one of my ones, one of my one D I guess is a uh, Hulk Hogan. Um, since I was five years old, he was my first first favorite. So Hulk Hogan's in there. Um, and then technical wrestling, the pink and black attack, the excellence of execution, Brett, the hitman heart. Uh, 
And then Corey will like this one because he's the only person I can think of at the time. I need another big guy to take care of business in the ring. I need the dead man, the undertaker. So that's my top five WWE on the other side of the ring in the AEW corner. We have the cleaner, the belt collector, Kenny Omega. Ugh. Oh, Destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have one of the top tag teams in AEW. It's a, it's a travesty. They don't have the tag titles right now. It is FTR for the revival. I like these guys in NXT. Liked them on the main roster, even though they got shit on. And I like them in AEW right now, even though they have a Mexican title. Uh, but they're still doing their thing with Tully Blanchard. And I think they're very talented. They give us that old school brain busters feel, which I've always enjoyed watching. And I've said this to you guys before. I love the Lucha Bros, but there's one guy that makes this team and it's Ray Phoenix. And I like the high flying abilities and his overall athletic ability. Uh, the Luchador slash cruiserweight style of his is Ray Phoenix. So we can give that um, advantage to that team. And then we have last but not least, we have God's favorite champion, Miro, on Team AEW. So that's my that's my matchup of the evening. So, what do you what do you guys got, Corey? What do, what do you got for me? Okay, so my my AEW lineup changed a little bit because originally I thought we were just doing like who we thought the AEW top five guys were. So when I realized that this was going to be a match against match, I switched up a little bit. But uh, my WWE list is pretty similar to yours. Uh, I got Undertaker, I got Stone Cold, I got Shawn Michaels, I got I got Triple H, and I got Kurt Angle in there. Um, and then my AEW top five, of course, uh, number one, Brian Danielson. Number two, Tony's personal favorite and current <laughs> AEW champion, Adam <gasps> Hangman Page. Cowboy shit. Number three, uh, listen to those wheels spin. John! <laughs> uh, number four, just to add, just to add some actual muscle to this crew, because holy crap, it's a bunch of midgets right now. Uh, the murder huck monster, Lance oh, Archer. Nice. And then number five, just put just put a little extra speed on there to match that Shawn Michaels quickness. That cat-like reflexes. I put Sammy Guevara. Nice. That's a good nice, list. That's awesome because so well, it, it's five different guys, which is great. So n- n- nobody has to do double duty on the card, other than the, the WWE guys. I feel like WWE guys are going to do, uh, you know, five matches of the night. Well, it's, <laughs> it's going to be quick work for him, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm going to start with the bad, and I'm going to go with the good here. Um, my AEW top five picks would be with the captain Cody Cody Rhodes baby all uh, number two would be MJF the second best heel in the business arguably uh, number three would be the, the big man uh, MJF's boy Wardlow uh, number four would be Sammy Guevara and number five would be Cowboy shit himself <gasps> Hangman Page and I would call this team the originals because they're mostly AEW originals, and I didn't pick any WWE guys because I didn't want any kind of overlap. So I went with the legit roster that 
if you want to call it legit, that they had in the beginning. Now, to go on to the guys that will squash them 5 nothing. here we go. Uh, I call this team Team What? Uh, featuring uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin from 1998. Uh, number two would be Shawn Michaels from 1996. Um, three would be Mr. Perfect from 1990. Uh, number four would be Hulk Hogan from 1987. And number five would be The Ultimate Warrior from 1990. And uh, judging by the uh, years and wonderful talent that I picked uh, on this team, I don't think the originals from AEW even gets a uh, anybody to bump for him except for maybe Mr. Perfect. So <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be pretty cut and dry squash. So there you go. Uh, team what? Featuring arguably the strongest roster of all time against, well, AEW. They're working stiff. They're working stiff. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I basically, I, I, I sent Shane a list earlier and I altered it a lot lately. I based my team selection now on teams that really wouldn't get along, but could get along. So my uh, AEW team is captained by everybody's favorite overrated person. CM Punk. Um, we got Adam Cole. We got Miro. And we got the team that everybody forgot, Santana and Ortiz. Yeah. yeah. They, should, they should also be tag champs. Um, I have them facing, uh, from back in the day, the Hart Foundation, Brett, Owen, Bulldog, and Jim, not Pillman. I never considered him never considered him a hard foundation member. And who's captaining that team? None other than Roman fucking Reigns. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> I would absolutely love it. <laughs> but I had to throw that little jab in because Corey decided to throw that Adam Page thing in. Oh yeah. But yeah, it's captained by Stone Cold. Obviously, Team WAF would win. Like I said on on, on last week's show, Tony, because you weren't with us, I think the uh, the chemistry of the show is going to be even better now because not only does Corey have somebody that he despises as champion, now you have somebody that you despise in the other company that's champion. Um, I think it's going to be great chemistry. Um, I despised the champion last time. I didn't. I'm not a fan of Kenny Omega. I've told you that multiple times. <laughs> so that's the thing. You're not even considering him as champion. It's that, that's even better. I, I, will, I, will, I, will, I will continue to say that Adam Page is, is champion. I'll have a beer every night in his honor. because he's. I am considering AEW to have no world champion at this point. <laughs> it's, it, it's vacant. It's vacant. All right. Well, before we go, I uh, I came I came up with a, a small segment as well, just to kind of let you guys know what happened on this day in wrestling history. And thank you to the Internet Wrestling Database, ProFightDB.com, which for this incredible research and incredible detail that this has, um, it has all like the current champions on the left side and every company you can think of in America, even WXW. Um, and some German guys champ like Axel, Axel Tischer no idea but good for them going real in depth but technically it's uh, we did the show on November 20th so we're going to go November 20th 
and it goes the whole way back. So wrestlers that are born on this day in wrestling history is nobody that we know. Let's put it to you that way. <laughs> nobody at all. Um, the 21st. So today it's uh, the franchise Shane Douglas's birthday. Pittsburgh's so own franchise. Pittsburgh's Shane own franchise Shane Douglas. Mm-hmm. So then I'm looking at all the all the different cards that are on this show and things that jump out to me. We have a NWA Clash of the Champions 13 Thanksgiving Thunder on November 20th, 1990. Listen to this card. You have Brian Pillman defeated Buddy Landale in five and a half minutes. Big Cat versus Brad Armstrong in four four thirty one. Big Cat won. And then you have Luger and the Motor City Madman, which got rated a dud in the Wrestling Observer. Sid Vicious versus the Night Stalker. Negative four stars. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not saying we love Dave Meltzer, but just seeing negative four stars, that's the largest negative that I've ever seen. So just putting it that way. And then we have the main event of the night. We have Ric Flair and Butch Reed. Ric Flair obviously won. The title wasn't even on the line. And he beat Butch Reed in 14 minutes and 13 seconds. It was three and three-quarter stars. So good for him. Other shows of note, uh, we have a Monday Night Raw from 1995. Three matches. One, two, three, Kid defeated Hokushi. Savio Vega draw no contest against Skip. And Shawn Michaels draw no contest against Owen Hart. That got three and three-quarter stars. And then on the other channel, we have Scott Norton defeated Shark on Nitro from Macon, Georgia. Eddie Guerrero defeated Brian Pillman in a three-star match. Road Warrior Hawk defeated Big Bubba and Hulk Hogan. No contest against Sting. A couple more shows here. ECW from 1998, November 20th from Mont Lebanon, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and it's an unknown arena with an attendance of 1,100. That, that's what it says on the, on this website. Uh, for the ECW World Television title, Rob Van Dam defeated Jerry Lynn. Just incredible. No contest against Tommy Dreamer. Shane Douglas, world title match against Tommy Rogers. And Shane Douglas comes out on top. And then Spike Dudley defeated Big Dick Dudley. Not sure how, but he did get the win. He always seemed to get wins over the big guys. And then a uh, trying to find some pay per views here. Um, I know there has to be a Survivor Series here at some point. There's a Saturday, Saturday morning slam taping. I th- I thought I saw something on uh, I believe I saw something on Facebook today that it said it was like in in 2016. This is this is the day that uh, Goldberg squashed Lesnar. Yep, yep. So I just made my way up to the top. Survivor Series. 2016, live from the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I appreciate the Canadian accent there, Shane. That's that's Thank the proper you. way to pronounce it. Toronto, Scotiabank. Scotiabank and Toronto. Scotiabank and Toronto. Kane defeated Luke Harper in nine minutes and 15 seconds in a dark match. So, goes to show you what happened there. Yeah, Goldberg <laughs> defeated Brock Lesnar in a minute and 26 seconds. And then we had AJ Styles. Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose, Randy Orton, and Shane O'Mac defeated Braun Strowman, Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins in 52 minutes and 48 seconds. Holy in a Survivor- fuck. Yeah, in a Survivor Series match, four and a half stars for Mr. Dave Meltzer. Uh, the Brian Kendrick defeated Kalisto with sliced bread, 12 minutes and 11 seconds for the Cruiserweight title. Um, another 
four and a, four and a quarter stars. Big Cass, Biggie, Cesaro, Enzo, Epico, Carl Anderson, Kofi Kingston, Luke Gallows, Primo, and Sheamus defeated Chad Gable, Fandango, Heath Slater, Jason Jordan, Jey Uso, Jimmy Uso, Mojo Raleigh, Rhino, and Tyler Breeze, and Zack Ryder in one of those great 10-on-10 10 10 tag team matches, which is very hard. Yeah, which is very hard to produce if you listen to Bruce Prichard's show. Uh, the Miz defeated Sami Zayn. Sorry, Corey. Uh, three and a quarter stars for the Intercontinental Championship. And then we have a women's match. In 17 minutes, Alicia Fox, Bailey, Charlotte Flair, Nia Jackson, Sasha Banks defeated Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Carmella, Naomi, and Natalia, probably because Nia Jax uh, was unsafe in the ring. <laughs> sure. Um, and that's pretty much it. I just wanted to bring up the, the, this uh, this new segment and just kind of tell you guys what, what I'm looking at right now. But it's a, a lot of cool information here, so I'm looking forward to bringing you more on this day in wrestling history on uh, our upcoming episodes. After, so. after the opening part of this segment, I think we should name this episode No Contest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no contest at all. Uh, but but uh, coming up on the 33 and a third percent podcast, we finally have it. We're, fi- we're, we're finally going to do it. Hopefully it's going to come out this week, guys. I know you've been chomping at the bit waiting for this uh, next retrospective episode with SummerSlam 1998. But... Tony said he's off later this week, Wednesday to Saturday. So we could do the retrospective episode this week if all of us are available. I'm excited to talk about it because this is one of the um, most historic shows in the the thick of the Attitude Era. It was one of the WWE. biggest biggest SummerSlam buys of all time, really. It was huge. Yeah, I mean, it was it was at MSG. It was, it was mm-hmm. a small venue, but they sold out in like minutes. Um and yeah, it was a highway to hell. And they actually got I ACDC. can't remember. I can't remember. Corey, who was in the main event? Uh, I think it was too cool. <laughs> <laughs> I believe they were called too much at the time. Uh, too uh, much. What, was it Val Venus? <laughs> Gangrel? Val, Val, Val Venus and D'Lo Brown opened up the show in a very good match. That was very good, yes. Actually a pretty good match. But yeah, we will, uh, we will talk about that show. Um, talk about the buys, talk about the lead up to it, and we'll bring that together for you uh, this week on the 33 and a third percent podcast. Um, and then we'll come up with a new top five. It, it will only be a top five this week. We decided to, decided to go super size for you with the big Survivor Series card coming up. Plus technically Thanksgiving. Now, later on today, of course. You're getting Apparently, more than I, your fill here. I heard, I heard a trivia question. That Get your fat pants out, man. You're doing your fill. How many how many calories to, does a single American eat on Thanksgiving Day? I don't know, but I know I'm going to be disgustingly full. 2,500. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. 2,500. More. 3,200. 3, More. 4,200. Yeah. Let, me, let me ask you this question. Is it going to really <laughs> matter because it's not going to change the way we eat anything? No, but I mean, I just thought it was, it's uh, pretty insane. It's 5,000 calories. No way. Per, a- per average American. Yeah, because you, you got to get the desserts in there. You know what I mean? USA. USA. <laughs> USA. God bless this great country. Welcome. God bless America. Welcome to the 33 and a third podcast health update. Here we go. 
How many? How many does Bastion Booger consume on Thanksgiving? Um, is he dead? What's oh, that guy weigh? Well, I mean, now it's zero, but now it's zero. <laughs> yep. Well, what what if then... you took those five thousand calories times two plus all the AEW nerds, because that's what they're going to be eating anyway? Ten thousand calories, probably. Israel likes three hundred and fifty pounds. So I'm going to say that's going to be a lot of poundage that's going to be out there this Thanksgiving. So you poor chairs out there at these dinner tables, I'm going to pray for you because you're all going to be breaking because they like Tony Khan. They like well, Tony luckily, Khan. Luckily, they got a chairman in that company, so they're good to go. Luckily. Luckily, he's only on TV like two times a month. So there you go. Hopefully you're there that one time he's there. So that is so that is coming up our our new retrospective, uh, and then after that we got we got Corey Smug Sob Black on deck for one of his first pay per views, um, and then we also have just a, a regular show, just a regular show coming up. Hopefully, talking about the couple shows that happened just in one week that'd be great. That'd a Survivor be Series recap, perhaps. Yeah, obviously Survivor Series recap. War Games. Uh, War Games is coming up on the the fourth. The fourth of December, and uh, or the eighth. Uh, no, the eighth looks like because it's on oh Tuesday, so it's on the seventh. On the seventh of December, uh, so that's coming up quick. Um, and we have a bunch of other stuff to talk about. So uh, that is all coming up right here. We thank the listeners out there, uh, and that one I think still from France. Really appreciate you listening from way out, probably in Paris or wherever you are. Um. And yeah, we'll, we'll we'll keep on bringing you content, and if you hey. keep on giving us the listens. Hey, breaking news! Bronson Reed just debuted in Impact. Oh, nice! Are you uh, are you watching the show, Tony? Are you watching Turning Point? No, I went through Twitter and I was there. Uh huh. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm sure he's got his fucking uh-huh. downloaded right now. <laughs> he downloaded Impact Plus. He's watching Turning Point. I'm really not, but I was, it's just it just showed up on my Twitter feed. I, uh, I, I did watch I did watch Impact this week and uh, they said Turning Point was a Saturday and I was like of course it is I had no idea. But so, speaking of Impact, I you know Impact Mark is away. Mark. He went home here uh, for about a week. He's back over in Jolly Old England, and uh, once he comes back, he's more than excited to talk to us about the uh, current Impact news. So if we can try to get him on, we're going to try our damnedest to get him back on because we all know you folks loved him and. Uh, his impact information. So we're going to go from there. Impact Mark should hopefully be back uh, coming up soon. That damn Scott Demore is trying to hold back Josh Alexander, and I don't know why. Scott Demore, why? So all that coming up and more right here on the thirty-three and third percent podcast. And for me, Shannon Makazowski, Mike Lucky Strike, Tobin, Ooh. Corey Smug, Sob Black, and Tony Big Evil Sirachi. We bid yeah, you good night. Good night and good luck, and we will talk to you next time. Behind the scenes in the green room, right here on the 33 and a third percent podcast. All right, Corey, what's your bets on if Tobin actually remembered to do the, the roll tide top five? Uh, I say there's a good shot that he did it. Really? Okay. I'd be very surprised. 
He's he, he's 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 running off Tobin time. He's probably getting a drink right now. That's why he doesn't hop on yet. He's cra- he's cracking open a Sam Adam uh, <laughs> Sam uh, Sam Adam Page. Sam. <laughs> cowboy shit. Cowboy shit. Cowboy. There he is. Hey, Cor- Hi, hey Corey, could you Corey, could you start talking real quick? Yeah. What's up? I said, right, I I said to Shane, to... you were cracking open a Sam Adam page. <laughs> I was. It was tremendous. And so Corey has a lot of faith in you, but my so this is a green room segment. So this is my next question: Did you do the roll tie top five? No, I didn't know we were doing a roll tie top five. <laughs> Corey talked about it on the last show. Oh fuck! I guess I wasn't paying attention. I could pull one together. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. You, I, I knew you would because I'm gonna. I'm Are gonna we doing? Go. Wait. Are we doing modern Roll Tide Top 5 or are we doing all-time Roll Tide Top 5? Oh, man. Um, let's do let's do all-time Roll Tide Top 5. I'm like everybody else isn't doing one. This is just for you. Doing all-time. Oh fuck. Okay. Well, how about we do modern then next week or next episode I'll do all-time. All right. I'm, I'm going to plug it. I'll plug it. You're going to do modern and then you'll do all-time on the next show mm-hmm. or no, future show. <laughs> 